Welcome to This Week in Local, a Locology podcast featuring lively conversations about the local digital ecosystem, hosted by Locology analysts Mike Bolin and Charles Lachlan. Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Local, Locology's podcast featuring conversations about the local digital ecosystem. Mike Boland is my colleague at Locology. He joins me today. Mike, how's it going? Hi, Charlie. So today we sort of have an AI-themed show. Both of us have written things that touch on trends in artificial intelligence, and we're going to kind of kick those around today. Mike, you've recently written about generative AI. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, me and everyone else on Earth. Um, so this is obviously a, a hot topic. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, I guess I'll explain briefly what it is. So AI, of course, has been around for a while, but the generative part is sort of what's new here. And it's taking lots of forms, you know, another one of which we're going to get into it with your topic, Charlie. But one of the sort of early outputs is is generative artwork. So, you know, mm-hmm. normally if you need an image for your marketing campaign or blog post or whatever, you know, you look on Google Images or Unsplash or Getty Images right. and you sort of query an existing database or index using keywords of the thing you're looking for. Now, what generative AI does is it's sort of different is that it, it generates a new image instead of querying a, a database or an index, generates it on the fly. Um, so you essentially type in descriptors in natural language, and then it sort of creates that image. And that can be, when I say image, it can be sort of an illustrated style or photorealistic style. Some of them even, you know, can emulate certain sort of um, flavors of artwork. Like you want this in an impressionist style or abstract style. But anyway, to give you an example, I think a lot of people have been sort of having fun with this to see really how specific you can get and and how obscure. So, So think of, you know, text inputs like, pigs wearing top hats playing poker in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. Like it can get that obscure and it generates the image and it's still kind of buggy in some ways. Um, you know, you have uh, generative AI engines like Dolly and um, and Midjourney and a few others. They're still a bit buggy, but it's still impressive how they can sort of pull together these different elements infuse them in in an integrated way with, in some cases, you have sort of, you know, realistic lighting and shadows and it's, you know, well integrated. And that's sort of the part that's blowing everyone's mind. Now, beyond those sort of just sort of quirky artwork examples, I think a few of the sort of outcomes and implications, practically speaking, um, are starting to become known. And one that comes to mind is, I, I may have alluded to this, but sort of brand marketing. So sort of generating campaign images rather than going to those stock libraries, uh, you just sort of generate it on the fly. Um, I think Getty Images could be one of the sort of disrupted parties here in, in addition to perhaps Google Images. Um, and another way it's being used, I think, is interesting by artists. And, and if you think about it, some artists, like anything else in emerging technology, some will see it as a threat and some will lean into it. And I think for the latter, artists are starting to use it for inspiration and ideation to sort of visualize or storyboard what they want to create before they do so. It's just really sort of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of in closing, and, and and I guess bringing back some of those examples to Locology's world of local media and commerce, it's interesting that not just generative AI and the sort of artwork sort of um, use case 
that that's really made it popular so far. I think the thinking and the concept applies conceptually to a few things in our world, like local search. And here I have to give credit to Christian Ward um, from Yext, who's really been on top of this topic and and using this in sort of some of his locology conference keynotes. Um, you know, going back at least a year or more, like way before anyone else was talking about this. And really the the thinking is that if search can be sort of atomized. So to go back to that example I gave of, you know, instead of going to Google images to find an image, querying in an index, you're typing in all of these very obscure sort of inputs. And then that engine sort of generates that image on the fly. Remember the pigs in front of the Golden Gate Bridge playing poker. Now, the analogy there is to do that same thing, but with a local search. You know, I'm looking for a restaurant that has happy hour and outdoor seating and is pet friendly and doesn't have a mask policy. And then, you know, the the ability for the engine to sort of generate that and give me an answer, a direct answer on the fly. And, and that's sort of what Yext is all about. You know, answers, not, not search results. So I think that, that that's, it's interesting, this concept of generative AI, if you apply it to a lot of different things, one of which is sort of close to our world and in sort of evolving search towards that just more answers-based medium and treating it as generating all of these sort of atomized attributes of a given searchers or users sort of local need, uh, as opposed to this sort of just, you know, the traditional search method that just brings up listings and results. Uh, so anyway, a lot there to dive into. We could talk about this all day, but I'll sort of pause there and sort of just some of the conceptual underpinnings of this, this topic. Okay. That's, I mean, we, the use case I've started to see, and I keep, and now that I'm saying this, I'm forgetting the names of all these apps. I keep seeing people posting things on social media. Here's me in X yeah. app, you know, where they sort of take an, create an AI generated image of mm -hmm. yourself. I forgot what the names of these things. I think there's a couple of them out there now. Yeah. There's that one seems I to be a, that's an Instagram friendly, popular yeah. kind mm -hmm. of thing. It's profile right picks and yeah. and it's sort of made in, in the style of like sort of a, you know, right. comic book style or just sort right. of like fantasy, you know, right. sort of genre. That's what I've been getting. Picture. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. upload 10 pictures of yourself and, it, and it, it'll send you back something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Now, what, what I'm curious about with the, you know, the poker playing penguins or whatever <laughs> example yeah. you said. It can it be was. penguins. <laughs> Why not? With hats. Um what is the kind of the are they just literally drawing these things from whole cloth or are they compiling from existing imagery out there kind of talk about i'm sensing the the former because that's more disruptive i would think yeah and by the way i remember the name of that company you were thinking of it's lensa lensa ai that's the one yep yeah. and then there's a lot of clones and they're flooding right. the top of the app, apple store you know top right. downloaded app that chart but anyway to answer your question that's a good question so what this does is, you know, the reason why it's so tied to AI is like a lot of AI, they use sort of, you know, training sets to train a certain algorithm to, you know, know what it's looking for. So the training set here is years and years and years of images and and sort of associating those with certain attributes and keywords. So, you know, they know the pigs, they know the penguins, and they have all these sort of atomized elements uh, and they sort of bring them together. And the image that's created is technically new. That image has never been created. It's like a snowflake. It's a brand new thing, but it's tying together, you know, different attributes where the sort of AI training set has associated these 
visual elements with a certain word, be it penguins, be it top hats, be it Golden Gate Bridge, all of those individual elements. But I think the magic is not just putting together those things because anyone can do that where it looks like a, you know, a third graders collage. The, the right. fact that it's just yeah, or, or, a, or a ransom note, right? Yeah, yeah, the old, there, the ransom, yeah. It, yeah it's the fact that it's mm -hmm. sort of integrated, I think, where, where, where the magic comes in. OK. All right. That makes sense. Okay, so it's funny because I actually this morning or today just posted something um, along the same lines. I think we've all the one thing we've all experienced is going on social media and seeing whether it's LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever and seeing someone we know uh, or follow you know, in the sort of the thought leadership world um, saying, I was just messing around with the chat GPT. And I think it's going to change the world. And I was getting awfully damn sick of those. Right. And so, but I thought, well, I shouldn't ignore this thing. So I wrote a post and I kind of started out with, don't you hate it when everyone's talking about something and you just sort of instantly want to hate that thing that everyone is talking about. That is always my impulse. And it's, I think it's an incorrect impulse. It's kind of natural, but it's not really that original or all that helpful. So I thought, okay. Everyone's talking about chat GP. I should go find out what it is and what does it mean to local? I'm not sure I answered those questions completely, but I posted something kind of synthesizing. What are people, what do people think this will disrupt? Okay. And there's a few things. Um, I think the one that people in sort of the local locology world are talking most about is, will it disrupt search? And yep. is chat GPT the next Google? And that is sort of a question that's being thrown out there. One Twitter take I saw, a framing I saw was, will chat GPT do to Google what Google did to Yellow Pages? <laughs> Very interesting question. And I think the answer is maybe, good chance, possibly. I think there's, there's people pounding the table saying absolutely. And there's people saying, hold on a minute, not quite so fast because I, and I there's a couple of reasons they're not quite so fast comes from a couple of places one chat gpt which is from open ai which is both a for-profit and not-for-profit laboratory i guess ai laboratory based in san francisco sam altman i believe and elon musk were the originators of this thing elon is no longer directly involved sam altman i believe still is elon put a lot of money into it so a long time ago, by a long time ago, that's like seven years ago, six, seven years ago. <laughs> These days, that's like forever ago. And so this thing has created this consumer chatbot called ChatGPT, which now is out there. You can play around with it. Everyone's talking about it. It's getting annoying, the fact that everyone's talking about it. But it is powerful and quite likely disruptive on a number of um, avenues. Google, you know, will it replace Google search is one of the ones talked about most. Will it disrupt creators is another one that gets talked about a lot because you can basically ask it to write something for you. And apparently the quality is good, not perfect. And I think the not perfect is part of why people are just saying, pause, hold on. We're not dead yet. This thing still has a long way to go before it will perfectly disrupt, you know, someone writing screenplays or creating search results that have to be accurate. And I think the accuracy of ChatGPT is somewhat in question now. You go on Twitter, you can see a lot of people saying, here's a ChatGPT fail. I asked it for this, it gave me that, and it was wrong. Okay, fine. Others are saying, just give it some time. It will disrupt. And 
I think the thing I found most interesting as I was kind of kicking around seeing what people were saying about this was that apparently within Google, there was recently in all hands, it got written up on CNBC earlier this week. There's a recent, apparently a recent all hands at Google where a number of people said, what are we doing about this? We're, we're champs at AI. Google's, you know, we're AI masters here. Why we have done a lot of inventing around AI. Why are we not winning here? Why is everyone talking about this thing? What are we doing commercially to stave this off? And apparently, they were told, um, you know, we're taking this slow because we feel there's a reputational risk if we rush to market with a, a consumer chatbot that's giving imperfect answers. You know, that we're the we're Google for God's sake. That's you know reputational damage that we can't afford to risk. And I don't know what the reaction in the room was to that response. Maybe I got to read a little more write a follow-up post. My reaction was, boy, that has vibes of back in the day when we were writing about uh, Yellow Pages execs worrying about cannibalization, you know? And I was like, are, are those similar vibes? Did I get that right? Um, you know, is our Google execs slow walking this when they should be uh, disrupting themselves, quote unquote? You know, we had those conversations a long time ago about a different industry that Google itself was disrupting. Is Google now being a little too careful when its own business is at risk? And I don't, Mike, I don't know if you have any reaction to that. I do, but first a few quick points. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I forgot to say in my piece, there, there are a lot of ties here, right? Yeah. Um, OpenAI uh, run by Sam Altman. Sam Altman, as many remember, is like, you know, he started Looped, which is, you know, one of the, one of those web 2.0 sort of solo mo players that preceded Foursquare and Twitter. Right. And um, and then he went on for many years to run Y Combinator. Um, and this is, right. you know, his, his new effort. So he's he's got a rap sheet that's that's pretty uh, validating. Um, but what's interesting, I think, oh, oh and, and also he uh, Dolly 2, the thing I mentioned. Um, which is one of the predominant engines for generative AI is also from OpenAI. So they're okay. basically hitting on all cylinders. It's ChatGPT and Dolly too. But anyway, one thing that's interesting is we hear a lot about sort of Google killers. Mm -hmm. um, and often I'm skeptical, um, not just because, you know, the giants never fall and, the, you know, there's always incumbents. We saw that the examples you gave, newspapers, yellow pages, there's, there's a lot of disruption. But one thing that it seems like ChatGPT does well is sort of that the front end ability to algorithmically and using AI answer a question, answer a question that is posed in natural language and give it back in natural language. That's key. That's all great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what about the sort of the 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 corpus of data that it's drawing upon? I think one of the strengths of Google that's often forgotten is not the product itself, not the front end. The front end is actually fairly rudimentary. You know, it's like it's like Craigslist and it's sort of spark by design, design, right? By design. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's, 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 and it's not just the algorithm either. It's the extensiveness mm -hmm. of the index. Um, and that's where I'd look at chat GPT. Is it going to have all the world's information? I mean, the, the index itself. Um, and, and I guess I got to read up a little bit on it too, but that's where I get the most skeptical when I hear sort of Google killer claims. I think that's um, the source of the skepticism that's out there is that, you know, Google's take, spent years building all the systems to index all yeah. the world's information. Just they can't have um, solved that 
this quickly. Yeah. Now, I think when when Google <laughs> yeah. buys Chat GDP, GPT, right. excuse me, I mean that's probably where it gets interesting because you combine that those strengths of you know right. being the world's search engine for the last twenty plus years, the knowledge graph it's built up. That stuff's not easy to replicate, but if it can no. combine that with some of the AI based uh, magic. Um, that's going on there. I mean, that's the winning combo, but I just, I don't know if, and, and I'm probably sounding like a curmudgeon, but I just, I don't see a, a Google killer per se. There's yet. a lot of skepticism on this point. I mean, there are people yeah. out there saying Google's toast. I view that. I treat that skeptically for the reasons you're citing. I yeah. think and it, uh, some, a note I didn't strike yet is that um, Microsoft's in the background here. They've put a yep. billion dollars into open AI. And mm -hmm. a, a OpenAI is built on top of Azure, and um, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. So and also Elon, yeah. Elon's role. Yeah, Elon, here is and there too. was a, there's some takes out there saying why not just embed this into Twitter? There you turn go. Twitter right. into a search engine. Yeah. Know? So there there's some connecting of dots based mm -hmm. on the the you know follow the money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I I think the disruption argument is not silly by any means. Yeah. Well, the uh, other thing is people love schadenfraude. People love, yeah. you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And and that yeah. that's the that's the, you know, Google killer. And, you know, so I think you're you're, you're always going to hear that because people love to see giants falter and fall. We see that right now going on heavy handedly with Meta. Everything it does, it gets slammed. A lot of it's deserved. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, you know, that needs to be considered in terms of like you know, the intense signaling of where all this messaging is coming from. But then when you really peel it back and look at, you know, what it takes to be a Google, Google killer, I, you know, I'm not sold yet. No. And I think smart people are saying, let's just watch this for a little while and see how yeah. it develops. It's definitely compelling. I don't want to downplay yeah. it. It's, it's, it's yeah. very compelling. And, you know, I think it's a watch and wait situation, but I think yeah. it's definitely a watch. Situation. And and it's one of those technologies where it's it's not the the first one to come along. We've been looking at chatbots for the last ten years. This one um, seems that, to be much more robust. Yeah, and, yeah. and the conversational commerce topic mm -hmm. where businesses are adding different forms of messaging to sort of reach millennials and Gen Z, either from a marketing standpoint or just a customer right. service standpoint. Like you can message a brand directly on Instagram. Um, you know, but, but, and that's a combination of a chatbot that will handle the first line of defense and then elevate it to a human or qualify the intent of the, of the messenger. Um, yeah. but I think what we're talking about here is just all AI, you know, it's meant to just substitute the, right. the human in, in the conversational right. commerce equation. And, and I think I need to learn more about what open AI's commercial intentions are with chat GPT and, uh, I'm not as clear on that as I should be right now. That's well, both of these topics. In, yeah, yeah. Generative AI and 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 Chat GPT. I think are so new and obviously it's obviously a moving target. We're just tackling this yeah. sort of in an introductory way. But this is I, I have a feeling this is going to be sort of part of our a core part of our coverage going forward. So we're right. going to keep talking. We'll have other podcast episodes of this, maybe with some guests from the locology sphere. I've already been getting messages from people that are reading our articles and want to engage on these topics. So this is going to be an ongoing one for us. Right. And as we close here, um, I think it's worth noting that now you know, we're th three episodes into this podcast. You Are people me, sick of us yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to be kicking stuff around, but in the future we will incorporate guests into this podcast. So we're excited to do that uh, in the near future. And certainly anyone out there in the world who is interested in coming on here and kicking some of these topics around with us is more than welcome to reach out to us to inquire. So Mike, I think that's a reasonable note to end this episode on. Unless you have anything about AI you'd like to add? 
No, I think we said uh, without opening up a can of worms and going on for another hour, I think that that'll do it. I think we just started to open the can of worms. We left it unopened. We'll, we'll yeah. fully open it in a future episode. Exactly. Okay, then we'll just end it there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today and look forward to future episodes of This Week in Local. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Locology's This Week in Local with Mike Boland and Charles Lachlan. Be sure to subscribe for more. 